It's all on how you look at tests and trials. You can look at it from an earthly point of view, or you can look at it from a kingdom point of view. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. As she comes. My husband has an iPad. I'm old-fashioned. I still have paper. I'm so glad to be here this morning. Thank you so much to the both of you for allowing us to come. And it's wonderful to see old faces that we have met when we came those four months. And it's wonderful to make new friends, new family members here. And uh, it's wonderful to tag team with my husband. I love doing ministry with him. Uh, We've been serving God now for 41 years. And we've always done ministry together. And uh, we are very different, really, actually, in in the way we flow and what we do. But, you know, the end result is Jesus. That's the end result. And so today I'm going to talk about tests and trials. How many of you have had them? How many of you have them right now? (laughs) Tests and trials, they're always something we can find common with anybody. So it doesn't matter who you're talking to, whether someone is saved or unsaved, you can go up to someone, you can start having a conversation, they're going to tell you some of the problems, some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the mountains they've been through. And so it's a very common ground for everyone. So, but when we we have to, as a Christian, we have to take a look at scriptures to what trials and tests are there for. And so tests and trials should never catch you by surprise. We should never be freaked out by tests and trials, but usually are we freaked out? Yes. (laughs) Tests and trials are part of our journey. So we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is the Passion Translation. If you've never read from the Passion Translation, this is by Brian Simmons. He uh, was one of our really good friends. I I, I was kind of jumping in here and there, and I decided to just go and and just get, he has the New Testament now in, in one book. And I am absolutely loving it. It's just giving, the way that he writes is just so poetic. And so I'm really loving it. So I'm hoping you'll like the version here today. So it says, we all experience, say that, we all experience. So if you're not in a test or trial right now, let me tell you, somewheres down the road, you're going to be in a test or a trial. Let it not catch you by surprise. All right, so it says, we all experience times of testing, or sometimes we can call them seasons, because we wish that the tests and trials would just last for two days, but sometimes they last for a season in our life. It says, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. So we never need to be afraid of tests and trials, even though sometimes they catch us off guard. And we go like, whoa, where did that come from? 
So I'm a little bit more louder than my husband. For those of you who were here in the first service, I wish I could say I'm sorry, but I'm not. All right, it's just who I am and I've learned, people have told me just tone down. I'm going like, you know, I just can't. It's who I am, so if I'm too loud, just kind of go like this and you know, you'll be all right. So, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. It will never go beyond your ability to cope. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more for along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out, that'll bring out of it, that'll bring you out of it victoriously. So the end result is always victory, always victory. So, you know, we've kind of looked at tests and trials in a very different manner, like they're a curse from the enemy coming at us, but you have to look at them through scripture. So our biggest question is how are we going to respond to these tests and trials that are going to come your way? How are you going to allow them to affect your soul? That means how are you going to allow them to affect your mind, your emotions, and your will, meaning what are you going to walk out of this trial? So our biggest battle is always with our mind. Always. How are you going to first perceive these tests and trials? Are you going to perceive in a very negative manner or a very earthly worldly point of view, or are you going to look at it from a very positive, very heavenly, very kingdom point of view? The message says this in James 1, 2 to 4. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come, from, come at you from every side. <laughs> Woohoo! Tests and trials, are you rejoicing yet? Um, How many of you have ever looked at tests and trials as a sheer gift? Well, there's not a lot of hands going on here. So let's go on. What do sheer gifts produce? Now, you remember, we are looking from a kingdom point of view, not an earthly point of view. If you're looking at it from an earthly point of view, your trials and tests are just going to be nasty, ugly, Everything that's ugly about it is going to be. But if you're looking at it from a kingdom point of view and a heavenly point of view, you're going to look at it very differently. So let's look at, at verse 3. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. It's like a floodlight that shines on you exposing everything that's on the inside of you going on. You know, when things are going well in your life, you can talk the talk. You can quote scripture. You can just tell people, oh, come on, that's nothing. You know, you're just, it's just a measly little thing. You can get over that. Yay, shout for Jesus. Shout, shout. But when you're going through a test and a trial, what's going on in your life? You know, when I say this to you, I say this to me because I have been through tests and trials. And so 
it, it shows us where we are spiritually. Are we just spewing out words or do the words that we have been quoting really mean something? Are we anchored in his word? Let's, fin let's go on with verse four. It says, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do it work so you can become, number one, this is what's gonna happen. You will become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Isn't that good? Now this is from a heavenly point of view. When Jesus looks at tests and trials, that's what he looks at. How can I mature you? How can I make you so well-developed? How can I make you so that you're not deficient in anything? Our mindset sets the tone on how we are going to approach events and circumstances of our life. Whatever you think about is going to grow and, and whatever you give the most energy to will dominate our thinking, whether good or whether bad. Managing our thoughts is the key to success. Learning to capture our thoughts and evaluating them is so important. What paths are your thoughts taking? Is it love? When you're going through a trial now, not when things are good. When you're going through the, a trial, are your thoughts on love, peace, joy, contentment? Or are they on fear, anger, revenge, rebellion? Because remember, a lot of our tests and trials have to deal with people. Say people. people. Christian people. Those that should know better that don't know better. Sometimes. Controlling your thought life means that you don't allow your, your thoughts to rampage, to run amok in your mind. Your job is to analyze them before you decide to accept or reject those thoughts. You know, I can tell you, just last night, I had to take, I had a choice to make. You know, it was 12 o'clock and I still wasn't sleeping. I'm going, I got to get up by five o'clock. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. I had to learn, I had to just say to my thoughts, we are not going there. I am not, I had to capture my thoughts and I had to say no to them. When you control your thinking, it helps you to intentionally shift your focus to eat. You know, what we want is a God-centered, positive. This is where we want our thoughts to go, not carnally centered or negative. Whatever, again, whatever you think about is going to grow and become a stronghold that controls your attitude and your life. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 5 through 6. I love this scripture. It's a very militant scripture. And I love getting that feeling. I don't know about you, but I'm just like, yes, let's do it. So it goes, we can demolish 
every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Next verse, watch this. We, that means you, you, you are responsible for your thoughts. So you can't blame anybody else. Well, that person, well, that person, well, my husband, well, my neighbor, well, my pastor, well, my pastor's wife. You, you can't. We, it says, we capture, listen to this, like prisoners of war. Yes. Take them like prisoner war. You know, it, because this is where the enemy invades. When tests and trials come our way, this is where the enemy attacks us, is in our mind. So it says here, we capture like prisoners of war every thought scheme. That means every faulty pattern that's going on in our minds and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, you're not a wuss. You're a soldier in the army. You are fully equipped to take down the enemy. So many times people allow their minds to just wander to every thought. But, you know, they start with, you know, I've got a pimple on my face. And before you know it, they're dying of cancer because they've allowed their mind to just travel. So this is what it means. Since we are armed with such a dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish. Now that word punish means to court-martial. Do you get this? You grab your thoughts that are not of God, that are of the enemy, take them captives and kill them. Shoot them. It says, and any trace of rebellion against God's word, as soon as you choose complete obedience. All of us, this is what we are called to do. You want to be a strong Christian? You're going to have to rise up. Rise up. Take your place in the army. Put on your weapon. Fight a good fight of faith. Why is this so important? If you don't do this, what happens is that eventually you release your thoughts in words. Matthew 12, 34 says this, for out of the abundance of the heart or the soul, the mouth speaks. In the Passion Translation, it says it just a little bit different. For what has been stored up in your heart or your soul will be heard through the overflow of words. People say, well, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Because that has been going on in your mind. Your, word, your mouth is producing the things that have been filling up your life. Your words are the fruit of your thoughts inside your brain, which you build in your mind by thinking, feeling, and choosing over time. Isn't this a good word? This is a good word. It's strong, but it's good. You know, we need to be strong in God. 
So it said the word, these words contain power and reflect your thought life, influencing your world all around you and your circumstances in your life. The enemy uses our words as weapons of war. Do you understand now? Do you see how that fits in the scripture? He uses our words as weapons of war. We need to capture those thoughts. We need to court-martial them so that he can't use our thoughts. That eventually, if we don't do that, they become words. The message says this in Matthew 12, 35. It says, a good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back and haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation in tests and trials. Words can also be your damnation in tests and trials. Words are gate openers. When you speak, you can open the gates of praise to God and let God walk through. Using these words that line up with God. Words full of gratitude, of joy, of peace, patience, kindness, positivity, gentleness. Words that are full of power and authority. God will come on the scenes with those words. He'll move mountains. He'll part seas. He will produce in your life. Your life will be at peace in the midst of the storm. How many of you have ever seen um, uh, on the Weather Channel when there's a hurricane coming? You, you see this big force. It's like this big circle and it's full of wind and rain and, and you know the damage that it's going to, to cause. But when you look, you see the eye of the storm. And in the eye of the storm, it's calm. It's quiet. There's no rain. There's no, uh, sometimes even in that center, uh, there's sunshine. The wind never reaches that center. This is where our soul needs to be in times of tests and trials, right in the center. Israel Holton had a song, Jesus, be the center of it all. You know, you need to be the center. He needs to be the center in the good times, but he also needs to be the center when you're going through those tests and trials. Being that center. Or you can open the gates of the enemy and the core of who he is. Half-truths, negativity, strife, division, carnality. You can walk through those gates as well. We always have a choice in where we're going to walk. Positive or negative. Gates of praise or gates of the enemy. He'll bring with that destruction, he'll bring defeat, he'll bring discouragement, he'll bring turmoil. You are positioning yourself, if you do that, to fight the storm instead of leaning into it. 
Gate gate, uh, openings are not optional. You're going to pick one or the other. You have to remember, the enemy never forces you to do anything. He'll never force you. But he will use your mind, your thoughts, to align yourself with his schemes. To get you to do what he wants you to do. Waiting, he's just waiting. He's going to try over and over and over and over again with thoughts. Waiting for the fruits of your mouth to produce in his path. Because he understands the power of words. He will try to get you to turn your mouth against yourself and against others. He will then use your authority. Listen to me. He will then use your authority to produce evil in your life. He will do anything and everything to get us to move from gratitude to grumbling. From praise to self-pity. Proverbs 18.20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Someone who continually speaks the word of life will reap the benefits of that. They will truly be a very satisfied person. But the reverse is also true. When a person's mouth isn't lining up with the word of God, they'll be very negative, complaining, grumbling. And listen, you can never satisfy this person. It doesn't matter what you do, what you say, how much you give, you cannot satisfy that person. You know, we've had people coming in our office. We had uh, a little while back, we had two couples coming in in our couple. It was about the same time that turmoil was going on in their lives. And we had one person or that couple, very positive. I mean, they were going through a major test and trial, very positive. They just, what was coming out of their mouth was lining up with the word of God. We saw that couple move on. Like, was it hard? Absolutely. I'm not saying that tests and trials are going to be easy, but they moved on and moved to a great place in their life. We have this other couple that made a choice to be very negative. Every time you said something really good, they would come up with a negative response. You'd say something good again about the word of God. They'd turn it around and do it negative. And to this day, this has probably been a long time now, and I've been in contact with this person, and it's still the same way. Same way. Verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The words you are sowing today is what you're going to reap in the future. People who have a belly full of bitterness, resentment, strife, broken relationship, this comes from words and attitudes that were shared way before 
this ever came around. Whether you know it or not, they're eating the fruits of their mouth. There's something creative and very powerful about our speaking. And we need to learn to control our tongue and our mouth. So when tests and trials come our way, we need to see from God's perspective and recognize that Christ has made us overcomers. We're overcomers. We are victors. Even before the tests and trial is done, we are victorious. We are blessed. We're a blessed people. We're prosperous. We have peace. We are full of wisdom. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. He's full of wisdom, full of peace. Renewing our mind and keeping our thoughts centered on his word. This is where we need to be at. Learning to live out of his nature. You know, do you think that he freaks out when we enter into a test and trial? He doesn't. It's not like he's going, oh, no, they're going through a test and trial right now. What are we going to do? Let's have a meeting of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's already seen. you gotta re- you got to remember that. He's seen the beginning and the ending of your life, and it is good. When he, those tests and trials come your way, he's already, in his eyes, he's already seen you victorious. He knows you can do it. He knows that. Why? Because you're his child. He loves you so much. He would never, ever, ever put anything on you that he knew that you couldn't accomplish. Never. Philippians 4, 8 says, this is, how we, this is what we need to do. It says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure, holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always, learning to control our thoughts. It takes discipline. It takes work. It takes spending time in the word. It takes spending time in prayer. It takes crucifying where you'd want to go (laughs) at times. Our carnal carnal part of us, where it would want to go. Jesus, you know, left us well prepared. He says, you know, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending you a powerful Powerful gift, the Holy Spirit. Listen, one third of you is spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. One third of you is spirit, the Holy Spirit. You are fully equipped, fully equipped. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. How hard is that to us naturally? Because we don't live in that sphere, but he does. And he says that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. That's power. 
We have to learn to pull on that. We have to learn, instead of living out of our soulish man, we have to learn to live out of our spirit. You live from the inside out. We're so used to living from the outside, what we see, feel, touch, hear, that we forget the Holy Spirit's on the inside. Let's live from there first. Let's pull him out and let's live from his nature. We have an amazing partner, a helper. With him, we are fully prepared to face anything. All we need to do is come into agreement with him. We have to ask him, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. He's your helper. If we ask him and if we allow him, he opens up our eyes of understanding in order to see what is going on. You know, because even though you're in the eye of the storm, that means you've got a peace there. Still, in the natural, there's still, even though you're in the eye, all around you is the storm that's going round and round the wind is blowing. The rain is slapping you in the face. You know, even though it's there, you know, the, the natural and the spiritual are very different. But when we ask the Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to learn in this test and trial? What is going on? What are you trying to show me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to position myself in this test and trial? It's kind of like, uh, uh, if you've ever been to the theater, they have these big, thick curtains. And you never get to see what's behind there until you start, until they start pulling the curtain. And then you get to see what's behind there. When you ask the Holy Spirit, it's the same way. You say, Holy Spirit, this test and trial is here to mature me, to develop me. I'm deficient in some ways. So I want you to show me, and I want to work with you. I want to align myself with you. I want to live from the inside, and I want to just see what I need to do right here. This test and trial is here for a reason, and so I just want to know. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit slowly starts to pull back the curtain. Now, I'm not saying that it happens overnight. Sometimes it does take a season in order to see all those things. But slowly, you start to see what's behind the curtain. You start seeing the tactics of the enemy because the Holy Spirit will show you what the enemy is up to. He'll open your eyes of understanding, your spiritual eyes. He'll open them up so that you can see what the enemy is trying to do, how he's trying to destroy you, what he's trying to do with those around you. And then what he's going to do is that you just show him, Lord, I know you're trying to mature me in some way. So I need you to show me Character flaws. Did you know you have character flaws? I've been serving God for 41 years. I said, how many more do I have? <laughs> you know, honestly, how many more character flaws do I need to work on? But I guess I must have more because I'm still going through tests and trials. 
So, but you need to ask him, what are some of the character flaws that I need to adjust in my life? Sometimes there are flaws because we're entering into a new season in our life. We don't always stay in the same season, just like we have, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter. We have seasons like that even in the spiritual realm. Different season where it comes, you know, the springtime where it's time that we learn things. You know, things are starting to bubble up. You know, we have the summer where things grow in our lives. And then we have the fall where you see like, oh, things are starting to just, you know, what's going on? And then we hit those winter season. Those are usually when those tests are, are in our winter season in our life. There are things that we need to change in order to enter into our new spring season. There are things that we need to shed off of us. You know, just like you see the leaves falling now, there are things in our life that we need to shed. There are things that we need to adjust in our lives. Maybe there are places or things that we need to develop. Maybe your prayers are not lining up. Maybe you need to increase your prayer time. Maybe there are things in the word that he's going like, I've got some nuggets for you that you're going to use for the rest of your life. I've got some truths that I, I just want you to discover. They're treasures for you that you're going to use. It's like a big treasure chest. And he's going like, if you take the time to be in my presence, if you take the time to go into my word, if you just take the time and let me, you'll find all these treasures here that are going to be necessary for you to have in this next season because he wants you well developed. The ability to see correctly, sometimes because we're in the midst of the storm or because we don't see what's up for the new season, we're not seeing correctly. We're seeing with an old vision. And God is trying to place a new vision. He's trying to make you change to look to see like, what's over there? It's so much more beautiful. But you've got to change your way of thinking and seeing. There are times that there are areas that we are weak in. And sometimes it takes those tests and trials to show us that. Places that we are deficient in. Impurities. Wrong motives. Attitudes. I know none of you have attitudes, right? None of you have attitudes. But attitudes that we have to deal with. But, you know, he does more than that. When we ask the Holy Spirit and we pull the curtain, he gives us hope. Hope is what he gives us. He shows us. He gives us a peek. Sometimes it's just a little bit. It might be someone that gives you a little prophetic word or gives you a word of wisdom or just these little peaks and you get to see behind you go like, ah, I can see my reward over there. I can see hope over there. This is what he does when you, you ask the Holy Spirit and you partner with him and you pull that curtain. It's a journey. It's going to be victorious. Amen. Amen. You know, the disciples had been walking with Jesus for uh, an awesome three years. They had a great time. They healed and healed the sick and saw demons cast out and raised dead. And they just, it was awesome. But at the end, he told them over and over again. He says, you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But you know what? The disciples could not spiritually see that. Or they didn't want to see that. And so they wanted him to become uh, the leader that would overthrow the government. This is what they were fixed on. And so 
sometimes, you know, we look at, we look at them and we say, you know, they should have known. They've been walking with Jesus for like three years. They should have known what was right in their face, but sometimes you don't. You just, you know, hindsight is great and amazing if you could have it before, have it before the trial happens. You know, we know the end of the story, so we can look at them and we can really criticize them. But, you know, we go through the same thing. But after his death, they had some major hits, major hits in their life. You know, their leader was dead. He was supposed to overthrow our government. What is going on? Their dreams and expectations were dead. They didn't know where to go from here. They were in a winter season. Everything was kind of blah. What do we do? Their confidence was dead. Their hope was dead. Peter, poor Peter denied Jesus three times. His pride was gone. He didn't have foot and mouth disease. He had nothing to say. You know, it was just hard for them. How many times have we gone through tests and trials that have wanted to take us into a transitional place in our life? And we have those same feelings. How many of you have gone through that? I have. You know, those, those tests and trials. Uh, the disciples said, let's just go fishing. Why? It brought them comfort. It was mind, something mindless that they could do. And listen, they were good at it. You know, what do we do sometimes when tests and trials come our way? You know, let's grab a, as much ice cream and chocolate as we can get until our pants don't fit anymore. Or we say, let me find a series that has nine, nine, uh, nine uh, seasons so I can just binge watch and just not think at all. Or let's go golfing or let's do some sport or let's, it's time to tear that room apart. Renovation, here we come. Whatever will take our mind away from the tests and trials, the feeling of losing our confidence or losing our pride. But you know what? That's not what we need to do. They had been riding this amazing spiritual wave, but the wave was about ready to shift. It was a transitional time in their life. And so in order for this to happen, they had to have a different mindset. That they were no longer going to be followers, but they were now going to become leaders. Some of you have business opportunities in your mind. I mean, in your mind, you've got it. But you've got to shift your mindset because you're, 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 you're thinking as a worker and not as a business owner. So sometimes we have to switch our mindsets of what we are. They had to see differently spiritually. No longer were they just fishermen or tax collectors. They were world changers. But in their mind, they still hadn't figured that out. You have to figure out who you are. Who has God called you to be? What is your small mindset that you have? Maybe God is trying to shake you up a little bit to see that you are bigger than who you really are. That he has placed everything on the inside of you that you need in order to change the world around you. 
You are fully, they were almost fully equipped to do this. What did they need? They needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they were ready. They had to learn to die to self. Do you know how hard that is? Not my will, but yours be done, Lord. I am very comfortable in where I am right now. And I do not want to change. Tests and trials are going to pound at you until you give in or lean into the arms of God and say, not my will, but yours be done. The Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to open that door, to have a conversation and to open, up your, open your eyes to see. You know, the disciples were walking, their leader was dead. They were on their way to Emmaus and they were just chattering. They were chattering and talking with each other. And they were still kind of confused. The picture was still fuzzy. Uh, there were large pieces of the puzzle that they just couldn't put together. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and has this conversation with them. And it says that, you know, they pressed into him. They pressed into him. How many in your tests and trials do you press into Jesus? Press into him. It says that they broke bread when they finally reached the destination. They said, Jesus, you know, they didn't even know. They said, just don't go, come with us. And they pressed and they had fellowship with him. That is what we need to do in those challenging times in our lives. Linger in the word. Linger in conversation with the Lord. Linger in your relationship. Press, just press into him. Luke 24, 30 says that all, as they did this, it says all their eyes were opened and they realized that it was Jesus. You have to see Jesus in your situation. It's kind of like those fighter jets where you see that you have to lock on. You know, they just kind of move, move until they get a good grip and then they just lock on. This is what we need to do. You need to find Jesus and you just need to lock on to him. Luke 24, 45 says, and he supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of the scriptures. Then said to them, Everything that has happened, uh, that has happened, fulfills what was prophesied of me. He parted the curtains for them, parted this so that they could see and understand. This is still what he wants to do to us, parting the curtains. He knows our beginning and our end. He knows what we need to go through in order to become who he needs us to be. To carry his purpose in our lives. Not our purpose. His purpose in our lives. Trust him. Believe him. Rest in his promises. Wait for his direction and his guidance. Our loving God does, he never enjoys seeing us travail over situations. He doesn't. It's not like he sits there and says, oh, I'm so happy that they're going through this test and trials. But from his vantage point, he knows there is success at the end. There is victory at the end. He knows what these tests and trials will accomplish in our lives if we are obedient 
to walk the process that's before us. He will transform us into his image. So, let's go back to James 1, 2, and end with this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. It's all on how you look at tests and trials. You can look at it from an earthly point of view or you can look at it from a kingdom point of view. Amen? Amen? How many of you here, this has just hit you, right? Raise your hand. Lord, I thank you, even right now. I thank you for all these that are here, all those hands that went up. You see where they're at. You see where they're at, Father. And I thank you that you have made them victorious. I thank you that the power that was with them and will rise up, will rise up even right now, even as I share this right now, your power and your strength is rising up from within them. Rising up from within them. Even right now. Help them to see, Lord Jesus. Help them to pull on you, Holy Spirit to be able to see what's behind the curtain. So we thank you and we praise you and we thank you for the victorious way that these tests and trials are going to end. Praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.